Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We are going to jump into our Bible study this morning, so grab your Bibles and and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Also, uh, grab your prayer journals. Hopefully, you guys picked one of those up. They are a free resource through this prayer series uh, that uh, you can jot down notes and just kind of write down some things, not only here on Sunday mornings, but also uh, during your private devotional prayer time. We are really leaning into this uh, prayer and, and uh, uh, seeking the Lord um, in this new year as we've been going through this series on the Lord's Prayer. And you might be very familiar with this portion of Scripture. It's where Jesus teaches his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount uh, how to pray. And uh, the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And uh, maybe you memorized that at, at an early age or you are familiar with this scripture. But uh, one of the things we've been doing each week is focusing in on a specific theme. So a couple weeks ago when we kicked this series off, we looked at the theme of adoration where Jesus in the Lord's Prayer says that our Father is in heaven, holy is his name. Before we get to our petitions, before we ask him about our needs, we're focusing in uh, on the Lord who's above all things. He's holy, he's altogether separate, he's pure, he's the standard, right? And now we're worshiping and adoring him. But then it moves into submission to his will and to his purpose and plan in our lives. And if God's will is to be done in our lives, then that means our will needs to bend to what God's plan is. Um, and so there's this theme of submission. And then last week, Todd spoke uh, on the supplication aspect of give us day by day our daily bread. And I love the questions that he encouraged us uh, with last week was, are you, are you eating, do you have the same uh, food or the same diet as Jesus? And that's to speak of the scripture that says, uh, you know, Jesus says, the, the, uh, my, my prayer is to do the will of my heavenly father. My food is to do the will of my heavenly father in heaven. And so we're encouraged to pray like Jesus, to eat like Jesus, um, and uh, really reminded of the provision that God has in our lives day to day. And so today, we are going to be looking at this theme of confession, where it talks about forgiving our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so the main point that we want to remember today as we read these verses and study this morning is that prayer puts us in a position to restore a right relationship with God as well as with others. So we're talking about our, our vertical relationship with God uh, being uh, mended and healed as well as our horizontal relationships with other people. And Jesus in this prayer connects the significance and the importance as well as the priority of those being, um, being right. Uh, and the intersection there is a beautiful picture of the cross where there is forgiveness that is not only given to us because of our sin, but also the forgiveness that we can give to others, and it's because of what Jesus has done for us. And we're going to see this in three simple ways, just a, a very simple outline, and maybe you can jot these things down in the margins of your Bible or, 
or, or in your prayer journal. But one, we're going to see that, that prayer puts us in a position to resolve our vertical relationship with God. There's the forgiveness that we receive. And if, there needs, if there's forgiveness given, that means that there's some sin that's happened or there's a problem. And we're going to talk about that. Secondly, we see that prayer puts us in a position to restore our horizontal friendships with other people. And then lastly, prayer puts us in a position to respond to the continual hardships or the, the needs of other people. So not only do we have confession in this verse, but we also have intercession to a certain degree where we are caring, have a care and compassion for the needs of others and are interceding on behalf of them in prayer. So uh, a lot to get to. Um, we are going to actually begin in verse 9. Just read through the prayer and then we'll focus in on our key verse this morning. Look with me in verse 9, Matthew chapter 6. In this manner, Jesus says, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Pretty cool, the song we sang this morning. Uh, I was talking with Jason, and he had heard it recently. It's kind of a newer song that's out, and I thought, wow, this really works well with what we're doing. It's straight from Scripture, and that's an encouraging worship song, but it just flows right through in this prayer. And in verse 14 and 15, we'll read that. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. So our, our key verse for this morning is going to be verse 12, as well as 14 and 15. Jesus tacks on this commentary or these footnotes to the prayer, as well as what he mentioned in forgiving our, our debts, as well as forgiving our debtors, with this conditional clause of God's forgiveness that we experience flowing through us to other people. And it brings up a question, not only a question, but just kind of the uh, friction and, and hardship in life because, um, you know, we are considering, well, how many times do I forgive another person? How often should I forgive someone? And maybe we start to keep a little log or a little record or, you know, we were praying this morning as a team and um, I thought it was really cool, the insight that someone mentioned is in the previous verse, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, right? It's a continuation day by day. I thought, wow, that was cool. I never saw that. But it also, um, you know, reminds us of the encouragement of forgiving each other daily um, and how many times we forgive. Well, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Uh, there was a, a question um, that was posed to Jesus and uh, Peter said, well, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times, he asked, and he thought he was being really spiritual. He's like, wow, seven times, that's a really good thing. Forgive somebody. And Jesus responded and said, no, I say to you 70 times seven. Now, if you're wondering about the math on that, because you're thinking, well, how many times do I forgive somebody? That's 490 times. So if you're going to keep a record, just, you know, all the accounts, 490 times, you go come back at 489 and say, well, what do I do now, Jesus? No, he wasn't saying, he wasn't posing a math question to us to figure out this is how many times. No, he was an exaggerated statement. He was like, you're never going to get to this point. And the point is not to keep a record. 
to have those accounts with other people very small. And so he goes on to talk about a parable of the unforgiving servant who had a large debt to his um, boss. And he pleaded and, and, and cried, would you forgive me of my debt? And he said, I'm going to forgive you. But then he goes to his other servants. He had some other, other debts that were owed to him, smaller ones. And those people came to him and said, would you please forgive me? And he said, no, you have to pay me everything. And there Jesus uses the same words in this parable of, if you don't forgive others, the trespasses in your heavenly father is not going to forgive you. And so there's this, there's this connection between the forgiveness that we receive from God and the forgiveness that is flowing through us to other people. And so jumping into these verses, we see, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, right? There's only a couple words here, but there's a lot to it. One is we're focusing in on this position in prayer where it is resolving our vertical relationship with God. That's the first point here, the vertical relationship with God. And when you look at this word forgive, it literally means to send away, to let go, to keep no more, and to leave behind. And that's the beauty of our relationship with God. As our heavenly father, he lets go of those sins when we come in confession. Now the Bible says, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All of it. And that really is a picture of God's love and of his grace and of his mercy, willing to extend. And the beautiful thing about that is that God's not holding all of our debt or our trespasses. Those are the words that are being used in these verses. And there's various different types of uh, degrees of, of sin that are used in the scriptures. There's debt. That's a word used in this verse. And that is a fault or an offense. There are also errors that we may have in life as a consequence of sin. And these can be unintentional mistakes that we make. Uh, not intentional, but un unintentional. And there's also the word trespass that Jesus uses in verse 14 and 15. And the trespass is a willful misdeed. Or, you know, you see the sign, don't trespass. When you see the standard or the rule or the regulation and you decide willfully, no, I'm going to break that rule. And there's all these different layers of you know, offenses or sins or errors and of trespasses. And Jesus is saying that God forgives all of those. When we come to him, he lets go of them. He, he sends them away. The Bible says God will cast our sin as far as the east is from the west. That means you can never get to it again. You keep going east, you're just gonna always go east. You keep going west, you're always gonna go west. You're never gonna find your sin when you take it to God and he cleanses it. And he forgives it and he washes it. He's not holding on to those things. Do you remember the verse in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a beautiful picture of love? Love is patient, love is kind. One of the characteristics of love is that it keeps no record of wrong. And that God is not keeping a record of our wrong. Day by day, in the same breath, Jesus says, day by day we can come back to him. Now the question we need to ask ourselves is, have you received the forgiveness of God in your life? As I mentioned earlier, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to come to him. So a couple of things we need to recognize. One is we need to accept the forgiveness that God is extending to us in our condition. But the second is that we need to acknowledge our sin, right? And that's not a very popular message to preach or to share, uh, but... It is something very important as we acknowledge our condition before a holy God, our heavenly Father who is holy. Forgive our, right? There's a, 
it's a plural pronoun, which is interesting because there's a consensus among the body of Christ or among the people of God that we have sinned against God. But there's also an individual response, a recognition and an acknowledgement that we have sinned. And so as he begins this portion of prayer, forgive, when, when we hold on to God's forgiveness, he lets go of our wickedness, right? That's the promise that God gives us through forgiveness, letting go, keeping no more, leaving behind. But acknowledging our sin is important to recognize, as the scripture says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that all of humanity is infected with total depravity, right? Completely in our human nature, through one man's sin entered into, through one man's disobedience, right? The disobedience of Adam, all of sin has been infected into the human race. But through one man's obedience, that is Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness. So we need to admit and acknowledge the sinfulness of our own character. Now that means that we can't be prideful. And uh, in our pride, we say, well, I don't need forgiveness, or I, I don't need God, or I haven't done anything wrong. I'm a good person. I live in a good way. No, no. The Bible says, and the Bible teaches, that all of sin fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we're going to get to the good news, we've got to talk a little bit about the bad news. And the bad news is this total depravity of sin apart from a holy God and that results in what Jesus says are debts that these things are something that is owed in fact the definition of this word debt is sin or a fault and we are admitting now in confession to God one of the things that our kids are, are learning in in Sunday school this week is repentance and repentance, biblically, is not just feeling sorry for your sin, but it is changing. It is turning in a completely different direction. It's when you're going your own way and living your own style and living your own standard, but repentance is turning around and, and moving in a completely opposite direction, going towards God and living according to his standards. So our kids are learning that, and we're learning that a bit today, too confession and repentance and admitting and because of our moral faults we have a spiritual debt to God now the the good thing or the good news is that God recognizes this our heavenly father recognizes this and he has dispatched Jesus Christ as the one who would intercede for us on the intersection of our vertical relationship with God which was severed because of our sin and because of that there is disruption and there is friction in our horizontal relationships with others why because we have this sin nature and Jesus came in order to forgive us of our sin in order to cleanse us of our sin, in order to reconcile us into right relationship with God. So the priority here is our vertical relationship with God. Forgive us our sins. And I just want to encourage every one of us in this room and those who are joining us online, if you have not received the forgiveness of God, well, you don't have to wait till the end of the message or the end of the service. You can do that in the quietness of your own heart. Acknowledge, admit, and accept the forgiveness of God because of your sin. You can do that today. And the Bible says if you do that, you are a new creation. The old has passed away and all things become new. However, the importance here is that God, excuse me, Jesus connects our vertical relationship with him, reconciling with our horizontal relationships with other people. As we, notice the words, as we forgive our debtors. This is where it gets difficult. This is where it's really hard. 
I have to admit, it does not come naturally or easy to us to forgive other people. And that is just the nature of life as we are in relationship. So God is a God of relationship. You go back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. There was conversations happening. There was a relationship. We were created in the image of God to have fellowship and communion with him. And God saw that Adam was alone. He said, this is not good. So there was a helpmate and there is fellowship and there is communion and there is connection with God and with others. But as we mentioned, sin has severed that relationship. And so... Jesus is making a priority of our relationships. Our relationships with others is a priority to God. It's very important to him that our relationships are restored um, and are healthy uh, and are intact. And that can be very difficult because, as you guys know, there can be some friction and some, some hardships. So prayer puts us in a position to restore these horizontal relationships with others. But notice, as we, this is the word here, we. So there's a realization, a realization that God takes our relationships with other people very seriously. And disruption in our relationship with God can cause friction in our relationship with other people. There's a complete connection there. In fact, Jesus teaches about this in many other places, as well as Even in the Sermon on the Mount, if you go back a couple of uh, verses in the previous chapter, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, Jesus is talking about anger and hatred in our heart. He says, don't don't harbor that in your heart because it's almost, it's like murder. And he says, if you are coming to present your gift at the altar, leave your gift at the altar, first go be reconciled with with another person if there you remember that they have something against you. And so Jesus is talking about, you know, when you come to the altar, well, this is a place of worship. This is a place of, of seeking God. This is a place of maybe presenting your gift of, of a tithes or offerings. It's a, it's a moment where you are, are seeking and worshiping God. And there you remember that there is some sort of division in your relationship. Jesus says, hold up, just stop, wait a minute. It's important because in chapter 5, in the beginning of chapter 5, he said, blessed are the peacemakers. That Jesus is encouraging us in the Sermon on the Mount to live completely differently, to have a different quality of life and a different character um, in our lives. And the world would say, well, someone hurts you and someone said something and someone abandoned you or abused you, you just discard them and you just throw that relationship away and you just move on. Well, there are wounds and there are scars, maybe from last week, but also from years and, and decades and how do you handle that? How do you deal with it? Well, Jesus is saying that if we don't um, give that, that bitterness and that hurt and that pain to God, then it is going to let go of any hope of forgiveness that can come in our relationships with others. There's a connection between that um, relationship with God and relationship with others as we forgive. Notice this, forgive. Once again, it's the same word, to let go to send away, to put behind you. And that can be very difficult to do. How do you let go of something that someone has done and that you remember it even to this day? Listen, forgiveness, as Jesus teaches here, is not a human, it's not a human attitude. It's a divine attribute when it comes to the forgiveness of God flowing freely through us because forgiveness should flow freely through those 
who have found the forgiveness of God in their own lives. It is a divine attribute through the power of the Holy Spirit that is activated in our hearts as we say, God, you love and you forgive. And I have recognized as I read through Scripture, there are only two debts that we will always have when it comes to other people. One is love and the other is forgiveness. And um, there is never a time, as Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We will always have a debt of love because they will know that you are Jesus' disciples by the love that you have for one another. God is love, as 1 John teaches. And we exemplify that love in our relationships. So we will always have a debt of love to other people, but we always have a debt of forgiveness with other people. You might be thinking, I don't want to have any debt. You should look at my uh, FICA score. It's not looking really good, but... uh, well, I'm not talking about financial debt here. I'm talking about a spiritual debt because we are followers of Jesus and we're living that uh, life. He's living his life through us in relationship to other people. So that means we gotta say a couple of words that are very hard to say. Everybody practice this with me. One, two, three. I'd like you to say, I apologize. Ooh, that's a tough one. Everyone say, I apologize. Oh, okay. Now turn to the person who you should be actually apologizing to. No, just kidding. You don't need to do that. Just kidding. Maybe you can do that later on the drive home. But uh, that's a hard word to say, isn't it? Forgive me. I apologize. And we think, when we read these verses, we think, well, I'm the person. I'm the person on this side of the coin. that They need to apologize. And there you remember, they got something against me. Or they have hurt me, so I'm going to forgive them. Hey, what about the opposite is true? What about you're the one who was kind of the jerk? What about you are the one who was very hurtful and painful to somebody? And again, it is a tenderizing prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors is a moment of tenderizing our hearts so it does not become hard against other people because when people hurt us, we put up walls. We draw the lines. Uh, There's another verse in Ephesians chapter four. I just love this verse. I go back to it, especially in marriage counseling. It's a great reminder where uh, Paul says, and be kind tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let all bitterness and anger be put away from you. Those are the same words of forgiveness. Jesus puts away. God sets aside. He, um, he holds on to it no more. Maybe there is a hurt that someone caused you that you are still holding on to today. I would encourage you, if you're a Christ follower, to soak up all the forgiveness of God. You remember, just think about all the things that God has forgiven you about. (laughs) Yeah, you know, go down the list, right? (laughs) We're not gonna share all those sins today, but there's a whole mess. There's a lot of junk. There is darkness and nasty things that Jesus' forgiveness continues to just be poured out upon. And if you can accept, receive, confess, and uh, your you know, our sin and his forgiveness and to let that flow to other people, this is the heart of Jesus. Let all bitterness and anger be put away. Leave your gift at the altar. First go and be reconciled. These debts that we have, the love and the forgiveness, the tenderizing of our hearts, that that love keeps no record of wrong. Notice Jesus hasn't finished this prayer with amen, right? He hasn't closed up. And so I think that you and I cannot pray amen to God without first making amends with other people. 
That's the encouragement, right? Pray to forgive, extend that forgiveness. How can we pray amen to God if we haven't first made amends with other people? Live peaceably, the Bible says, at all costs. Live peaceably with others. To extend that forgiveness. And notice there's a caution here and a condition. We'll just kind of end with this. That caution and condition is found in verse 14 and 15. Jesus says, if and then, right? If you forgive, then I forgive. If you do not forgive, and this is a negative, then I will not forgive. We've already established the connection between God's forgiveness as well as the forgiveness with other people. And uh, this caution reminds us that uh, this type of forgiveness is not something that we can do in our own strength or our own ability. It is something flowing through us as God's forgiveness flows to other people. But uh, it's also a condition that's very serious. Neither, wow, really? God, neither will he forgive our sins. You see, when you and I hold on to bitterness, we are gonna let go of any hope of forgiveness. The bitterness that is in our hearts that we have towards other people because of the hurt and the pain that we have experienced. But notice what happens in the positive. As we receive the forgiveness of God in our lives, confessing our debts and our sins, whether it is intentional, whether it is willful, whether it is a fault or an offense or an error, the same can be true of our relationship with other people. They may have made mistakes and we're holding that against them. They may have made willful offenses and errors to us, and we're holding those as well. But when we hold on to this type of bitterness, then there is no hope of forgiveness. And yet when we do forgive, there is a tenderizing. There, um, uh, there is a compassion now that we have for others. And there is also a bit of, um, of intercession in this, in this sense. One is in interceding on behalf of others who are not right with God themselves. But also, we recognize that we are loving and caring and having compassion for other people. And I think that the greatest friends that you and I can have are the ones who forgive our gravest failures. Ones who are able to overlook uh, our deepest and darkest sins. The failures that we have from day to day and moment to moment constantly. Obviously, it's in the relationships that we're the closest with. Maybe with your spouse. Maybe with your kids. Maybe with a family member or somebody who, live, who you live with or a co-worker. The people who we are in close relationship with often uh, receive the brunt of our sin, <laughs> of our depravity. Um, and yet we can be a super great friend. One of the greatest friends that you and I can have are those who forgive and, um, and heal and seek to reconcile our gravest and most serious sin. So you see the, the, the flow of, of Jesus' teaching here in, in the Sermon on the Mount. So far we have looked at adoring and worshiping God for who he is, above our circumstances and conditions, as well as submitting to his will and his purpose and his plan, recognizing that his provision is on a daily basis. He provides for all of our needs as we seek him. Uh, do not worry about what you'll eat or what you will wear or where you will live, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And now he gets to this very important reconciliation of our relationships with God through the person of Jesus Christ on the cross, the intersection of love and truth and grace the mercy and love, actually justice and mercy in Jesus on the cross. 
that Jesus experienced the, the death and the, and the penalty that we deserve because of our sin, because of our debt, because of our trespass. But now that forgiveness is extended to us. As I said at the beginning, this isn't easy. It doesn't come naturally. But it is a reminder for us as we travel through Scripture and know somebody didn't email me or text me this week and say, you need to preach on this because they need to hear this. You might be thinking, wow, well, you better be paying attention to this message today. Yeah, well, and your partner next to you. No, I didn't get any notes from mom or your spouse or your friend about your bitterness or your forgiveness or anything like that. What's beautiful about this is we travel through the scriptures. The Holy Spirit brings these things up. So a couple of things here to take note. One is, is there somebody who you need to extend forgiveness to, to this week, this today? Is there a relationship? I'm not saying that you're going to be best buddies and best pals and you're going to go on vacation together and everything's going to be perfect and they're going to follow all of your everything. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying on a heart level, are you holding on to things that you're still being chained by in the past? Let the forgiveness of God flow through you, give you the words to speak if you can communicate that to this other individual and seek towards uh, reconciliation and healing so that you can move forward and move on. Secondly is, and probably mo- most importantly, is are you right with God today? And Jesus says in this prayer, in a daily prayer, listen, this is important, in a daily prayer, are you right with God? Is your heart seeking him? Are you submitted to his will? So in one sense, we ask God to forgive us of our sins. I've, I, I, I've spoken with many people over the years, and they say, well, how many times do I got to pray this prayer? And we think, well, I got to pray this prayer and ask Jesus into my heart and then just keep going on the way I'm going. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that being a Christian is not praying a prayer and receiving Jesus into your heart. It's being completely changed and transformed. What's important is that Jesus does reside in your heart. He does come into your life. You are made new. Uh, You're a new creation. The old has passed away and all things become new. But now you are living completely different. There's a change and a transformation that takes place. There's sanctification. There's being molded and shaped into the image of, of Jesus Christ. And so there is this initial work of forgiveness in our lives as we acknowledge our sin being born again the bible says transformed and changed born again adopted as sons and daughters into the family of god but as we all know there are daily things that we just get dirty we get messy we do things we say things we go we we break all the trespasses we can possibly break in one day or one hour and yet There are the daily reminders of God, would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Would you wash me and walk with me? These are the encouragements that we have in the Lord's Prayer of confession, but also of intercession. So I'm going to have our worship team come on up. They're going to lead us in a closing song. And as we have been doing over the month of January, at the end of worship, this is a great opportunity for us together as a church to turn to a couple of people standing around you and to break up into a small group and to pray. And you might be thinking, this is my time to leave. No. We have sentries and guards with tasers at the exit doors. So one person want to try it, and uh, then we'll all stay. Any, uh, any takers? No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but this is... Something that we don't normally do. In fact, we have name badges. We don't normally do that either. New year, 
new faces, new families, new kids, as well as a time to pray and seek the Lord. It's a little bit of an icebreaker. You got the name badge right there. Don't rush off. We have a Three prayer suggestions based on our message that we're going to put up on the screen after worship. Jason's going to encourage us when we finish with this song just to turn a couple people, pray. You can pray as long as you want. You can pray as little as you want. You don't even have to pray. Uh, but let's just encourage one another and pray for one another. Maybe you need some intercession. Maybe you need some, some prayer. And uh, you can ask somebody in your group, would you just pray for me on this? And so we're just going to see the Lord move. So Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this time in your word, as well as this picture of the love of God. How many times is, how many times is God going to forgive me? Well, seven times? Well, I sure hope it's more than seven times. I sure hope it's more than 70 times seven. I sure hope it's more than 490. I just need that in the last 10 minutes. And thank you that your forgiveness, God, is never ending but it does mean that we need to acknowledge and admit and the same is true in our relationships with other people I'm sorry would you forgive me I didn't mean to hurt you I was wrong oh Lord I pray just a healing rush of your Holy Spirit in all of our relationships, you know every detail. You care about every detail. Thank you for your forgiveness. Forgive us our sin, Lord, as we forgive others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.